Welcome to this week's episode of this Modern Cowgirl Podcast. We tried something different this week, so I recorded on location. There I've got a couple of sound bites that you'll get to hear real time, which is exciting, and hopefully it'll be fun for all of my listeners. Okay, shooting on location may sound very glamorous to some people, but the others that understand the amount of work that it takes to travel with camera equipment, I kid you not. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about my little trip to Montana for a couple of days and how uh, jamming three cameras or two cameras in to one backpack with a drone with a tripod fitting in my carry-on is not the most pleasant experience. It's about carrying about 15 pounds on your back through the Denver and Bozeman airport. Thankfully, all of my flights were great, but then when we land in Bozeman, so many schedules had changed, the game plan was to rent a car. Well, renting a car, I guess I assumed it would be a lot easier. There was only one available out of the four companies, and they wanted $699 a day for it. So instead, we looked up and found a Uber that was going to be about $230 for a two-hour Uber drive out to Dillon, Montana from Bozeman. So I decided that that was the route to go, save some money, and hop in. I hopped into this, this giant black truck with this huge guy sitting in the front seat. He looks at me, he's like, so, ready for a road trip? I said, absolutely, if you're ready to take me, let's hit it. And so I tossed my suitcase in the back, and we get in, and he's like, you know, I was just going to get off shift, but then I saw your thing come through, and I'm like, well, I really appreciate you taking the time and taking the spare. And he's like, yeah. Well, here's the thing. My girlfriend was going to come meet me in town, but now since we're going to be literally driving out past her house, would it be okay if like we went in and like picked her up? And so I got some, I got good vibes. Don't worry, girls. I I took surrounding locations. I made sure I sent I sent my my share uh, location with with some some friends back home. So took precautions, but I said absolutely. Let's let's hit it. Let's go get her. And so we go out, we stop in Three Forks, and we pick her up, and here she comes, coming out with, like, fishing equipment and stuff like that. She starts talking about how she wanted to go fishing today, and that probably won't happen, and here we are on this this little mini road trip together. So <laughs> I'm sitting there with all these, these two guys, and I'm learning so much about, you know, Lewis and Clark and how he came through this basin and about what it used to look like and how it was all flooded and this is why it's a little boggy and and kind of run over they've gotten so much rain out here it's absolutely beautiful it's like emerald green and the calves are huge and i'm watching lambs on the ground and i even passed an antelope with her little kid nursing it was amazing gorgeous territory but uh we pulled into the gas station and he's like feel like using a restroom i was like oh yeah that sounds good figuring they did too but they did not, so I quickly grabbed my wallet and my phone, and I'm like, all right, they're going to leave me. At least I have my wallet and my phone with me. Like, it's going to be okay. And sure enough, they're still there, so we get back in, and I learned that this um, this gal, Allie, um, on fun ranch rattle hunt hunting seasons, that's a thing, yes, that she goes out and she is hired to take care of rattlesnake dens. She loves reptiles, and she goes out, and she calls them for fun. This is her private little side business, 
And so she takes out the, the bad, big, ugly, healthy ones or unhealthy ones, excuse me, and <laughs> keeps some of them there. So there's at least a little bit of a population. And so we start talking about, you know, what size of snakes she's seen and, you know, all different ways she's eaten rattlesnake before. And let me tell you, this is a kicking off to a great start here in Dillon, Montana. I'm going to go out to the ranch tonight to do a little bit of shooting and hopefully catch a sunset as the the rain has just started to stop. But um, stay tuned for more. So we're moving the cows tomorrow, but um, definitely not the light I was anticipating. But the storm is so So thankfully that evening I didn't get rained on, but the storm clouds that were coming in and you could just start seeing the peaks of the sunset over the mountaintops. It was an incredible view. We're able to get a lot of violent lightning pops and and crashes of thunder. But it was entertaining because on our way back to the hotel, there was a siren that was going off in town. And both my colleague and I looked at each other, anticipating that that was exactly what a tornado siren sounded like. We instantly went to our older hotel that definitely did not have a basement. We were kind of panicky. We're like, do you guys get tornadoes in this area? And she starts laughing at us and she's like, no, we don't. That's that's a fire. That's a fire drill that calls all of the volunteers that we need for a fire because it's a small enough town. Like, oh, okay, that's that's probably okay. But morning came pretty quickly. I like starting at about 5.30 was when the sunrise was hitting. And so we were thankfully only a short drive away from the group of steers that I would be photographing. And so the sunset was absolutely stunning, just as clear as morning as you can get. The colors were just gorgeous. And when I tell you these group of steers knew exactly what I needed as models, they were incredible. They cut my shoot down in half. So typically when I'm working with a new batch of animals, I like to say about four hours to really get the amount of video footage and the right shots and the right angles. But these steers were were all business. And so I was able to actually cut my shoot in half and was able to wrap it up in about two and a half hours. Which was really exciting because that's really when my day kind of got started. We were able to take some time and get to know the, the ranch manager a little bit more and he was gracious enough to be able to go out and take us on a big tour of the operation. And I cannot express to you how knowledgeable this gentleman was. I mean, I could have sat and listened to him all day talk about how he manages and his philosophies and, you know, my background a little bit in college was kind of learning the conservation mindset and he really took that one step further from adding technology and making it profitable and making it make sense so one of his direct quotes was we we raise grass not cattle cattle is just our way of managing our goal and our goal is resource management and it was so inspiring to see this very probably mid-50s a giant of a man, uh, talk about just how passionate he was about making sure that their intense rotational grazing. So for my non-ag listeners, rotational grazing is literally where you're just moving the pastures um, and you're moving the cows on to different sections of it. And he really talked about how, you know, trying to make sure that all of those grasses, you know, the bad and the good were able to really get a chance at a regrowth. He didn't return his group of of cattle to a single pasture until 35 days after. Now it's not a direct science, but it was an just a really 
interesting way of looking at things. You know, and the other thing that was really interesting is he wasn't too worried about, you know, genetics and he wasn't too worried about pedigrees. I shouldn't say genetics, but pedigrees. And so he talked about having a super high cull rate and that's just, you know, a high rate of uh, letting mother nature basically say who gets to stay and who gets to go. And it was just such a incredible conversation. And, you know, and my girl Ace can understand of Sometimes when these conversations are being had, you can have a potential as a female to just kind of be placed in the background and not really emphasized and not really, you know, feeling a part of the conversation. They're just sometimes talking around you or over you on on purpose. But not this guy. This guy really took it upon himself to make sure that I was always included in the conversation, you know, down to a point where I was getting asked you know, questions about, you know, depending on who is the bigger animal, how much dry matter do they need? It was honestly feeling like I was in a classroom. And so when we're talking about moving pastures, there's not really any permanent fencing. They had this really cool system where they just hooked it up to the back of the side-by-side and they would literally just shift the fence. They were all trained on hot wire. And so they were able to change the amount of pasture, you know, every week where they needed to be. And he said they need more and that's why flexible fencing is so critical. You can manage the size of the pastures and adjust as they need. So as the animals are getting bigger, they need more dry matter, which means they need more pasture and they need more room to grow. And so by utilizing this, they can manage their grasses just as well as they can manage their herd. And here's where the technology comes in and don't let anybody ever tell you that ranching can be low tech because oh my goodness, this whole system was about as far as you could get from that. So they actually have two different kinds of tags in their cattle that they run through. The one is called a high frequency tag and the other is a low frequency tag. And within their working corrals, they actually have scanners set up to be able to tell exactly what animal and their history, how much they weigh, what their medical history is. And before they even load a truck or switch into a different area, they know exactly what animal this is. To a point where this system is literally on a computer that's next to their chute that they can go through and like add different things and notes to it and the cowboys actually have an app on their phone so as they're out on pasture they can literally you know look at the tag number type in the tag and then say oh okay so this 499 needs a couple of shots or you know we're gonna we're gonna watch this one it may have pink eye or something like that and that way the entire system is updated So there's no notes, there's no paper, and anytime there is ever a need for a history or, you know, certification, it's all right there. It's really a massive amount of of data, but that gets totally narrowed down into exactly what that ranch needs. All in all, it was an incredible trip. And I cannot recommend, um, you know, when you get back into Bozeman, a shout out to RSVP Hotel. Girls, guys, they they are incredible. I mean, the cutest little motel you've ever seen. It was pink. It was chic. There was a cute little farmer's daughter breakfast uh, cafe that was open. And man, oh man, I got to have a free glass of champagne when I checked in. And, um, you know, a little side note here. I'm going through the process of adult braces. Don't recommend. But... You know, swishing champagne while, you know, trying to ease the pain of some some new springs being put in, definitely worth the battle. So can't, can't thank RSVP enough. They were great to work with. 
um, super short notice and super cute. So if you're looking for a fun getaway in our at, uh, Bozeman, make sure you hit them up. Still trying to work out a sign off for all of my listeners, but stay tuned for next week's episode. I will be in Colorado and I can't wait to share those travels with you as well.